0: It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. Let's get right into it. I really enjoyed Ohio State's victory over Rutgers, not because it was a stress-free game that we could just kind of sit back and watch, but because it reminded me of the delicious anxiety that we are able to wring out of any Ohio State victory whatsoever. And... There's always something to work on, right? If you're a football team, you're a coach, even an elite coach with an elite football team like Ryan Day at Ohio State, you can find things that you need to improve upon. But the best part is when fans can see those things and they become glaringly obvious. And instead of resting on your laurels, you're anxiously awaiting the next game. I, I don't know. I want to ask you this simple question, Andy. Are you confident, based on what you saw Of Ohio State against Rutgers that Ohio State is going to be able to coast to this presumed Big 10 championship as we kind of thought that they would at the beginning of the season has has, did anything about this 49-27 victory change that equation for you
1: yeah not in the Big 10 no I I mean I guess I guess we'll wait and see what happens with Indiana Mm-hmm. Uh, which now looks like the toughest game of the season for the buckeyes. What a
0: crazy. What a crazy fr- what a crazy sentence to say.
1: If and you had you. that on your 2020 bingo card, you know, <laughs> you go right to the head of the class. That, uh, yeah. that that that's incredible and as somebody who spent an obscene amount of money to go to grad school at Indiana, I'm very happy for the Hoosiers. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but no, I sure didn't see Indiana. I mean, think about this. A month ago we were talking about Ohio State essentially having a four-week bye in the middle of the season you know they're going to have a good game against Nebraska a really tough night game potentially road game you know against Penn State who was a top 10 team lol mm-hmm. and then it was going to be a four week layoff yeah i mean i mean that, that was serious discussion coming into the season but no i i you know i think if you watch the first half of the football game uh you, you would you would say yep this is a great team ohio state rolled uh, Rutgers, you know, threw just about everything they could come up with at the Buckeyes oh, and goodness, got three yeah. measly points out of it. So you go into the half feeling like, yeah, Ohio State's fine. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a snooze fest in the second half. And indeed, it was a snooze fest in the second half in terms of Ohio State sleptwalk their way through two quarters of football, while Rutgers again continued to throw everything you could possibly imagine at Ohio State. I, I really respect Greg Giano and what he's doing at Rutgers. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that you were able to gin up that much give a damn out of your team in a game that they, I mean, look at this. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter and yep. what was in essence garbage time. You know, I'm reading a lot of stuff in, in college football press about teams like LSU, for example, that when you, you have these teams who have quote unquote nothing to play for, well, what's Rutgers really playing for? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't want no disrespect to to them, but in this kind of nihilistic vision of 2020, where it's basically like there's a 14 playoff and nobody really cares about anything else because of COVID what's a team like rutgers playing for well, the, well they are playing, playing for, for
0: the future of the program
1: you know they're, they're playing pl-
0: for seeding in that final crazy week of big 10 football all right you got to uh, get that right. you got to get a good
1: ranking on there i mean i you know at this point i'm feeling pretty confident that rutgers <laughs> got a shot staying ahead of penn state and michigan oh, in yeah. that thing you know so i i really respect to, to to kind of complete my thought i'm i really respect shiano and what he's doing he's the only guy who's ever made it really work at rutgers Mm -hmm. uh i so you know good on him i i liked what he did at ohio state with the exception of sort of that tail end where things got really wonky but he's he's obviously a brilliant defensive mind have you ever seen so many trick plays in one game of football (laughs) i just continued to be amazed uh i think our headline on the site called it the dumbest game (laughs) ever and it was super dumb in that regard but but it you're right we ginned up uh, a lot of like cooper era ptsd that oh god they're they're in trouble here no they're not in trouble they still won running away by 22 points
0: yeah anytime anytime that ruckers got something going justin fields in ohio state immediately had a response and there are look if, if you want a game plan if you want to concoct something uh that's negative you could say okay well if justin fields gets hurt and then they got to rely on the running game and if 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 you can do that but right now, I, I think it's really important for Ohio State fans to understand that they have an NFL-ready quarterback right now. And, and when I say that, I don't mean somebody who I think is going to get drafted high necessarily, although he obviously will. I mean someone who could literally start for an NFL team now yeah. and be successful on a pretty high level. This What we're seeing from Justin Fields is so mind-bendingly good people are running out of ways to describe things. Like they talk about how the fact that he's got more touchdowns and um, incompletions. Yeah,
1: that's a real thing.
0: That's a real thing. But you just – all you have to do is watch this guy play football. He is so far ahead of the defenses trying to defend him, any of the individual defenders trying to bring him down. I mean, he'll take a sack because they're cool with it. But he doesn't have to. I mean, I'm sure he'd be comfortable throwing it away if if he really wanted to. He just knows that, like, you know, seven times out of ten, he's going to create something really amazing. So he'll take the occasional sack so that he can get, you know, the 40- or 50-yard gain. He's just a mind-bendingly good player on a completely other level right now. Got to be the front runner for the Heisman. There are a lot of good quarterbacks out there. I'm not, you know, hating on anybody else. Like, you know, down in Florida and and some of these other places, they got some great players. But Justin Fields is just on another level right now. And, you know, obviously the team fell asleep after halftime. (laughs) You know, you're up 35-3 at the half. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna twiddle your thumbs a little bit. And I agree with you. Graciano kept his team and their heads in the game, and they kept fighting. They kept going for it, and you got to respect that. I am not – I'm not as worried about this game as maybe some people might be uh, in a vacuum. I I, I think if you look at the totality of what Ohio State's done – uh, during this season, this very short season now. I think you can point to some things that are concerning, but this game by itself isn't something that worries me. I am worried still about the Russian game. I don't think Trey Sermon or, or Master Teague are, are all that great, frankly. And, and really, you know, you could tell they were experimenting in the second half, right? Yeah. Like you, you know what I mean? Like they, they were trying different sets. They were bringing it to Mario McCall. They're, they're seeing what Steel Chambers might be capable of doing um and of course they have that incredible fake uh they're clearly looking for answers in the running game and yeah they had 200 yards but um they they need some consistency uh there and and we'll see what that looks like but on the other hand when your are passing games that damn good maybe you don't maybe you just need to keep an you know an opponent honest yeah. and not worry about it so much so i don't know i my overall impression of this game is is generally positive um I, I want to see them tighten up a little bit, uh, defensively in some some places. But you know, uh, like you were saying, Chiano threw the kitchen sink at him. and you really do want to see the the running game kind of step up. But other than that, I was I was feeling pretty happy about the outcome of this
1: game. Yeah, so he had 200 plus yards of rushing. So you know, it wasn't an abysmal failure. No. Uh, it, you know, of a rushing attack. You you know, you're right. There was some experimentation going when you see teague line up and just run north to south he's fine he 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 is a serviceable back and i i just want him to do that more i keep seeing the stuff where you know we're okay we're gonna bounce him to the outside we're gonna try to do this we're gonna try no you know i i cut as well as master (laughs) t stop asking him to do stuff that he's not good at it doesn't need you know you don't need to do that with him necessarily sermon you know i don't know what to think about sermon i I'll, i'll see you know a couple of plays were like oh that's really good and then and then the next one you're like he tripped over his own left foot i yeah. just sort of dumb just sort of dumb things and so i'm not i don't know what he is yet i you know chambers might be okay who knows we saw, um, <laughs> saw uh, i think Mayan um got his he got, got some carries in the yeah, game my Williams he got hurt. got a carry uh yeah so just we're throwing some stuff out there i think part of the thing that's hurting the uh running game that i didn't necessarily foresee being a problem you know i don't know that the interior of the line's really been holding up their end of the bargain here lately. oh the holding
0: uh, yeah there the, that's probably the other main storyline from this game that and, it, and that's another thing if you want to be super frustrated about something that is completely valid and I mean, there Harry miller
1: was, got smoked oh boy he had you a, know?
0: Terrible a terrible Awful game terrible game
1: and we were talking about him, he was the one member of the line that didn 't grade out as a champion the week before, mm-hmm. and uh, then
0: redeemed himself, had a great game, and then yeah, just kind of uh, yeah so this
1: was this was not good. um the tackles did fine, you know I, th- I thought they were okay, but it just middle of the line, and there were just a couple plays like that where you know you're expecting your your center and guard play has always been really strong um, you know sort of in the last five five years or so, and it's just it just didn 't look great, so that does give me some some pause i'm not you know like oh pull the rip card this thing's going to go down in a, uh you know ball of flames mode or anything like that they're going to be fine they're going to be fine yeah. in the big 10 uh the other thing that maybe has me concerned i i, I tweeted this i don't tweet much during football games this season because mm-hmm. you know the passions tend to run uh pretty hot while, while we're watching buckeye football and uh i don't need to be showing up in anybody's cold takes later uh, <laughs> but I tweeted during the first game. You know, at one point, I'm starting to develop concerns about this defense, and and you know, there was a time during this game where I retweeted it. And said, you know, yeah. at, the, at the risk of repeating myself, <laughs> I mean, I do think there are some concerns about the the defensive secondary in particular. I think the you know the front seven's been really pretty good. I think um, they've been excellent. Linebackers Especially, have been better than I expected. You know, yeah. I, I like Pete Warner a lot. I think Tuff Moreland, you know, is what he is, and he uh, he showed up again. I think he was one of the players of the game this week
0: tough and browning both played pretty well browning had a great game i thought he had a great game um and and he's a guy who's been crapped on a lot i i think the linebackers i agree i think they've been better than advertised in a lot of ways um and i i love the defensive line i i they are rotating in guys who are making impacts that you you gotta look up on the you know the roster because you're Mm -hmm. like who the hell is this dude um so they yeah i agree with you on that and i if you want to worry about the defensive backs, you got, they're a little thin, you know, and, and it looks like Sean Wade is getting skunked occasionally. Like that's, that's definitely something to, to maybe pay attention to. Uh, but so that's you where that saying, Indiana
1: game will be really interesting to me. Cause yes. that'll be, I mean, that'll be the toughest test for that secondary all year long. And we'll we will get, in get into
0: Indiana. Indiana. Don't, don't you fret. We will definitely talk about what they just did. I uh,
1: wonder why we'll talk about Indiana. <laughs> right? What could yeah, it we be? Will, we,
0: we will absolutely talk about that because that game – well, I, I'll, I'll explain how, my feelings on that game when we get to it. But, again, it's a good win for Ohio State. It's not great. There are things that they definitely need to work on. Ryan Day, I think, was frustrated. You could, you could definitely see that um, in his body language and some of his statements after the game. He, he knows that that's not where they want to be as a team.
1: Now, in uh, fairness to the defense, and i and I got to give credit where it's due, I mean, they did limit Rutgers to three points in the first half. Like, when – when the game was potentially in question still, uh, you three points. So that ain't bad. I, I wish I wish maybe they hadn't phoned it in in the second half, but I guess I can't get too worked up about that when nobody was really worried about Rutgers losing this ballgame and you just sort of assume that when it comes to an opponent that they might actually be worried about. Uh, or, you know, like a, a team like Michigan that you want to grind into the turf just on principle, that maybe – You know they'll they'll play four complete quarters. What what concerns you? You know when you see that, you you know you want your team, especially what you think is a national title contending team, to go out and beat everybody fifty nine to zero or something like that. Right? right? Like that's that's sort of your ideal. Like you know, play a complete game in every phase, four quarters, because you know you want to prepare for the playoff. But but I I, understand. I'm not worked up. I'm not worked up about that. You know, it's like it's a win's a win. Let's move on.
0: Right. And I understand wanting that, but honestly, if you look at some of these other teams, you know, that are ostensibly top five teams, they're not exactly immune from error or looking a little crappy in some phases that this is not a season where there is going to be a clear number one team that just is head and shoulders above everybody and has no deficiencies whatsoever. Like they're even Alabama for, you know, all their Nick Saban and whatever they, they have weaknesses. So I think it's important to understand that if you have a game-breaking player like Justin Fields, that gives you a head up on a lot of other teams and a lot of other ways. And and that's kind of – you know, the obvious example of this is what happened with Clemson and Notre Dame this past weekend. And Notre Dame – I thought Notre Dame's goose was cooked. I did not think they were going to win that game. Uh, I You know, I thought Clemson had kind of gotten it rolling a little bit in the second half, and but Notre Dame – Goes out there, wins it in uh, in overtime, and they they take down the number one team. Not not exactly who I expected uh, Clemson to lose to, frankly. I you know Notre Dame's always been basically this paper tiger, and yeah. they they went out and did the damn thing. So the, to me, the story of that game isn't just the fact that you know both Notre Dame and Clemson put up a ton of points. It's it's really the fact that this is not. I've never accused Notre Dame of having elite defense under um, Brian Kelly. Right. But Clemson getting bullied in the trenches, the way they've been the at various points during the season has really been surprising to me. I did not expect them to, to lose in the fashion that they've, that they lost and, you know, kind of saw hints of that against Boston college and and Jeff Halfley in the first half.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say, this isn't the first time where we've seen Clemson's defense get abused this season which you know if you're if you're assuming you're just sort of penciling in the the Tigers, the Tide, the Buckeyes and a fourth team to be determined later, you know, into the playoffs, then Ohio State fans got to be pretty happy to see Clemson get slapped oh, yeah. around a little bit because you you know that Ohio State has a much better offense than any of the teams that Clemson's going to face right in the ACC. So, you know, it sort of gives you some some hope there now. The flip side of that is also true. Uh, Buckeye defense that we were just talking about a minute ago having some troubles in the secondary isn't going to face anybody like Trevor Lawrence before they face Trevor Lawrence so (laughs) you know it's it's kind of tit for tat there
0: or even Kyle Trask right like assuming that Florida you know keeps it up they could still be a dark horse depending on how things play out and and you know if they can end up you know doing some things in in the SEC like there's there's still a lot of football to play yeah And and this is
1: becoming a really interesting situation because you've got a you've got a uh, possibility of, of, let's say, Notre Dame and Clemson splitting, a, a, you know, a one in one series if they face right. each other again in the championship game. Right. Uh, what do what do your playoff voters do then? Uh, is, you know, is it is – it is there two ACC teams, so to speak, uh, instead of the two SEC teams that we sort of, you know, just assume will get ushered in? Or who knows, maybe the Pac-12 will eventually play some football games and <laughs> – one of the, oh i'm kidding it's not going to I be don't perfect.
0: think they're viable but Cincinnati's still hanging around they you know, the fighting luke fickles are 6 and 0 oh, right like it, it could happen they're at number 6 They're ranked 6
1: like i i mean they oh, were state th- indiana is going to be a top 10 team like yeah i mean that's things that continue happening <laughs> that i mean i like since that and Ohio actually, state I, threw to tight ends regularly this last game, like I'm just thinking of the really crazy 2020 things happening in football right now, yeah.
0: Indiana's <laughs> top 10 team, Cincinnati, unfortunately dropped to seven in the in the rankings, it's kind of BS, whatever, but you got BYU. I, I mean, we talked about this actually before uh, the season started, which is that these pollsters are going to try to make the narrative that they want to happen, happen, right. As long as no team completely just shits the bed, they're going to allow, you know, uh, not great Clemson team is what it appears to be to kind of stick around uh they'll allow a Florida team that maybe doesn't have as many game plays allow an Ohio State team that doesn't have as many games played to be up there um they're still going to deny those opportunities to the Cincinnati's and BYU's of the world but I still have hope that we can see the kind of chaos at the end of this that will um you know kind of validate why we watch college football in general you know and who knows what's going to happen with canceled games we've already got a number of those coming up Uh, lsu apparently like they don't have a team right now somehow um there's there's a lot going on in uh in college football um that could really just not make the end of this particularly you know clean and easy So hopefully everybody at Ohio state stays healthy and, and, you know, we don't have to deal with that crap and hopefully our future opponents also (laughs) stay healthy. So, I mean,
1: there's the bigger concern, right? It's you, are not so much worried about Ohio state losing focus. Uh, I I was reading several national sports writers commenting about the LSU situation. So you, you've got, you know, an outbreak there Mm -hmm. and I think the news uh, Monday was that it was traced back to a party basically and and so the concern is well if if players on a team like LSU say well we're not you know we're not in the hunt for the playoff anymore so why do I need to be you know basically secluding myself into my apartment and right. taking all these COVID precautions I might as well just go out and do my normal thing and party uh, you know and how many opt out so I, I see this kind of two different ways one players just don't take the COVID precaution seriously anymore because they're not worried about having to sit out uh, because their team season is, you know, they're quote unquote, not playing for anything. Or then the flip side of that uh, players who maybe have aspirations of playing on Sunday, opting out, or even if they're not playing on Sunday, but maybe they're, uh, you know, guys who think they can improve their stock next year, you know, mm-hmm. when do they opt out because of COVID then? I'm not worried about that happening to an Ohio State. You're not worried about that if you're in Alabama. Uh, you're not worried about that if you're Clemson. But yeah, there's some teams in front of. I mean, how many Michigan players might be thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, maybe there aren't a bunch of first-round draft picks. And yeah, let's we'll get to that later.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about that right now because we can get into the Big Ten. But I, I definitely want to start off with this battle of top tw- top 25 foes. Right, the mighty Indiana Hoosiers against the the michigan wolverines and man i i am really kicking myself forever thinking that michigan was fun and good against minnesota particularly knowing i mean i went into watching that game knowing that they were missing everybody and that michigan was beating up on a team that basically shouldn't have even really been playing um they have looked so damn bad in their past two games i didn't uh I didn't watch the Michigan game actually until after I watched the Ohio state game. I watched it on DVR on Sunday and I was actually struck by how similar the Ohio state Rutgers game was to the Indiana Michigan game, honestly. Right. Because this, in both instances, you have a team get out to a pretty comfortable lead in the first half then basically kind of coast in the second half with the knowledge (laughs) that they are so much better than the other team that they don't have to really worry about it. And that's exactly where Indiana was vis-a-vis Michigan. They didn't have to worry about Michigan staging some kind of crazy second half comeback or getting together with their really talented players and all that stuff. Because Indiana I think pretty much knew by the end of the second quarter that they were the better team and that was it. And that to me – is such a bonkers statement to make, but that's where Michigan is under Jim Harbaugh right now. They have bad talent, horrible coaching. Really, their offense is Ronnie Bell and Joe Milton, and that's it. Their running game, they had like what, like 18 yards of total rushing against Indiana, who again, I want to give I want to give Tom so a lot of credit. I don't know that they're going to be known as a big time run stopping team for a little bit. That might be something that eludes them um for a few games. I just it is incredibly funny in one in in one part, but also just kind of baffling that Michigan has totally lost the plot at this point under Jim Harbaugh. And he's, he's giving platitudes, like, we just got to keep grinding and keep plugging and doing what we got to do. And I'm like, dude, you're getting fired in two games. Like, stop it. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> – like, I mean, if this... not then, then win. Because there's no path forward for Jim Harbaugh right now. The team does not care. There's no give a damn. The talent is not there. It's, it's wild in Ann Arbor right
1: now. I saw that stat floating around on social media that, you know, they had – 13 yards collectively rushing as a team yeah and i thought oh that can't be right oh that and then you look at the box score and it's even worse than that because they had 18 carries the entire game 18 carries the entire game and uh five of those were milton uh himself you know like so you (laughs) had 13 carries by running backs and accumulated 13 yards total like this is just that's nutty that's nutty yeah. to me what what are you doing that you're only trying to run the ball 13 to 18 times because some of those uh some of those Milton carries I'm sure were sacks um yeah you know, so what are what are we doing here uh you know Speaking I think sacks
0: by the way Michigan as a team has zero sacks in the past two games uh, they have talented defensive linemen. Pay is a good player. Cameron Grohn is a good defensive player. They are getting nothing done. And, you know, they talk about Josh Gaddis and how he's this guy who, you know, wave of the future, good future head coach, all that stuff. I'm not seeing it on any level. Zero I, sacks, I,
1: three tackles for loss against, yeah. again, the Hoosiers, which you, you're, you're not necessarily thinking of them as having, you know, the best offensive line in the country no that's, that's not what you're <laughs> expecting out of indiana but you know and then we were talking about Milton. you know they've got some talent on these teams uh in that milton you know looked like a, a serviceable quarterback he was 18 of 34 that's not great but he threw for 344 yards right. he's averaging 10 yards uh completion three touchdowns two picks that's right. killer and and you know, you compare that to Penix uh, for indiana who was 30 of 50 <laughs> with 342 yards i mean milton actually had a better average And they both threw three touchdowns.
0: Here's here's the here's but
1: but Penix didn't throw it to the other team. Right, Milton did twice.
0: Yes, and and part of that's because you know Milton is still kind of an experienced quarterback, and he doesn't have you know the the wherewithal to identify some of the defensive fronts that he's going to be looking at. But I I just want to reiterate how mind-bogglingly crazy it is that a relatively talented Michigan defense could not register a sack on a dude who dropped back 50 times in a game
1: five zero
0: that's and you didn't get a single sack on this guy he threw for 342 yards it is wild. like again it is wild in ann arbor and i just i don't understand the utility of keeping jim harbaugh around at this point i've been saying it honestly for years that it's it's the fool's errand to to allow this guy to just keep taking money from your university pay this dude out on his contract which you haven't extended and get get rid of him because it's not you're not going to get better it's not getting better it will never get better and uh you know I want Michigan to be competent I've I've said this a number of times I don't want an awful Michigan team that ends up cheapening the rivalry and we don't care about it anymore because that's not fun I want to have the, the feeling that I had in 2006 where I thought this was the most epic game that anybody would ever play ever. Yeah. And you're never going to get that again with what Michigan is doing right now. So that's terrible. And props to the Hoosiers, frankly, and Tom Allen for coming out there and being a top 10 team and being consistent and doing fun stuff and being a watchable you know, football program, which Michigan is not. So I think it's cool. I, you know I, I enjoy the fact that we've got a competent Indiana out there. That's that's fun for me, and I will choose to dwell on that part rather than the complete assiness of.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to choose to dwell on the other part for a minute. How uh, crappy <laughs> Michigan is, because I, I want I want to do a little thought exercise here. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule ahead for the Wolverines. Uh, I'm seeing Wisconsin, <laughs> Michigan this this weekend at a yeah. night game in Ann Arbor. If that's
0: played, that's a probable loss.
1: Uh, you know, is that game going to be played uh, for one thing, but, but okay. So I agree with you. If it's played, Michigan's screwed. Then mm-hmm. the weekend after that, Hey, you know what? Uh, the, the, the fight and no longer wearing khakis uh, are, they're going to away to take on Rutgers, a Rutgers team that just, you know, looked not, uh, not as completely horrible <laughs> as Rutgers is
0: thinking. Rutgers is better coach than Michigan. And- yeah, they are. By a by a country mile, and that's going to allow them to compete, even if you know maybe talent wise they're not quite there. But honestly, Michigan isn't the ultimate Michigan man thing. Would be to say is that we're always more talented than Rutgers. That's not necessarily the case this year.
1: The gap isn't what it used to be.
0: No, and they can definitely they can definitely lose that game. Um, who do they have after Rutgers?
1: Penn State.
0: That's <laughs> that's going to be maybe the worst game to watch in the entire Big Ten slate all season. That is going to be so freaking awful. Um, There will be no winners in that game, I don't think. But Penn State could beat them. Um, Sean Clifford can go out and throw for another 350 yards. Uh, That's – yeah, I –
1: Let's Here's pre. The, let's let's preemptively give Michigan the win over Maryland. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I won't give oh, them just, the win over just just for the sake of argument.
0: Just no, because Maryland, Maryland just beat Penn State, and they like they've got a quarterback, they've got a decent you know idea about what they want to do you know in the in the running game. Like that, that's a team that can beat Michigan. All
1: right. All right. So what's your over under here now? Because because think about we've just walked there one and two. Yeah. We've just said uh, if the Wisconsin game happens, that's a that's a, so that takes us to one and three. Yeah, you're one and three going into Rutgers. Rutgers is going to be feeling pretty good about itself. Yeah. I don't know who the I don't remember who they play this week, uh, but but they're feeling pretty good right now about their moral victories versus the Buckeyes. So I mean, you you wrote in the threat level this week, which I will repeat again is one of my favorite. <laughs> I, I appreciate almost, that I, week. After, I, I love it uh you know you wrote about this like the possibility of four and four like that's not far-fetched at all three and five certainly looks but but i mean is three wins <laughs> optimistic for michigan at this point
0: i think it is i think the over under for additional wins that they get this season is two um i i honestly could see the wheels falling off of this thing and they don't win another game all season that could absolutely happen
1: i mean there was a time i would have been like that is such hyperbole and right. oh it is definitely Feels like a possibility. I mean, it's I'm absolutely I'm not a possibility. to go out and put money on it, but holy smokes! Like I just look at it. Yeah. <sighs> That's a tough. I mean, this is a yeah, tough let's, slate. But let's me. put this, this in context, a tough bro, hole for bro, Michigan right? to
0: dig out of. Yeah, let's put this in context. Michigan loses to Michigan State pretty convincingly. Little brother comes there and, and basically dominates the game in a lot of ways. Michigan State, and again, I know we don't love the transitive property of college football. Michigan State lost to Iowa by
1: 42 points on saturday not a great football team no both of these teams are not
0: very good so i michigan might be far worse than maybe people are willing to admit right now so that was that was <laughs> that was a surprising thing for many hawkeye fans that was that was an interesting one where they just came out and just
1: that was their first one of the season right
0: uh yeah yeah it was. I, mean, I think iowa,
1: iowa was when was not looking good morning. yeah
0: uh, Northwestern takes care of Nebraska. I love that Northwestern is like the worst three and O team right now in the big 10, but that's kind of standard for Northwestern. So good for them. I love me some Pat Fitzgerald. That. He's, he's nothing, if not consistently mediocre. That's great, He's the
1: man. He's the man. Minnesota,
0: Minnesota got people back. They Tanner Morgan had a pretty good game. They did a good job. They took out Illinois. And then of course you had the canceled Purdue Wisconsin game. Um, I'm with you, man. I, Ohio state for whatever the deficiencies against Rutgers still looks like they're pretty much a lock for the big 10 championship it oh, doesn't sure. look like yeah it really doesn't look like there's a lot of teams that can challenge them but you do have to get past maryland you have to get past um you know indiana like you got to get past some teams that people didn't expect and i think you know I'm, I'm with you man i think those are two teams that will provide probably the stiffest test for ohio state uh all year and that is a hilarious thing to say but more power to those guys and you know what michigan sucks to suck if, if you don't want people talking about your program that way if you don't you know what if penn state doesn't want people crapping on them and say they don't know what they're doing then win some damn games because right now it looks like the class of the big 10 is ohio state indiana and uh you know maybe wisconsin if they ever play a game who knows yeah, so um, there's,
1: I mean, there's a really interesting scenario building here. Looking at the the Big Ten race, I'm I'm going to go ahead and and let's just pencil Ohio State in in the East, but the West, yeah. the West's really interesting right now because of this it Wisconsin is. situation. I think we were all probably just assuming Wisconsin would once again uh, waltz their way. It's sort of their birthright to be in the the Big Ten championship game as the West representative you know is there a loss on their schedule ahead of them they got to play indiana uh Mm -hmm. you know which i think will be an interesting test for them you you're not expecting minnesota or iowa reasons we just highlighted to knock the tar out of them uh we think they're going to steamroll michigan so then you've got Uh, northwestern which boy a matchup of top 25 teams building there uh, (laughs) you know the weekend before thanksgiving wisconsin versus northwestern and then you know potential uh you know top 15 matchup with indiana wisconsin i mean indiana again was probably their toughest team on the schedule left that's no disrespect to northwestern i just think indiana you know is definitely gonna be a tougher test for them but what what's the likelihood that we walk in here with a wisconsin team is the west representative who has maybe five wins is like a five and oh record is that i mean yeah
0: i mean that's (laughs) that may be what they have to accept as as you know the reality you know because right now
1: you've got northwestern wisconsin purdue undefeated wisconsin and purdue don't play each other because the canceled game yeah yeah i mean this is a this is a really weird – you're going to have Ohio State, uh, you know, marching into the east to face a, a four or five win Wisconsin because of games canceled. I That's it's kind of weird. That's,
0: that's 2020, baby. It's it's weird as hell. And, you know, I think everybody is still kind of chasing Alabama a little bit because they're perceived as being the best team. But Ohio State could come out and hopefully clean some things up and dominate and then you get to, to be in that top two uh, conversation. But, you know, I – I just look at this year as completely wild and goofy, and there's no real predictions that you can make about any team, um, even at this point, because there's just – it really is an offensive year. It's a year of offenses. They're going to be able to take advantage of defenses probably until the end part of the season, and even then, I don't know that defenses are going to be able to catch up. So, you know, it's going to be – also rife with some upsets because of that you're going to give a a puncher's chance to a lot of these teams
1: yeah somebody made that point to me when i was talking about ohio state's defense maybe being my one area of concern uh and said you know whose defense really looks like the 85 bears this year you know like there's there's not a team out there that you say oh man their defense is killed we were talking about clemson earlier normally a team you think of as having stifling defense um Were you surprised when you looked at the polls, of course, and I think you accurately summed it up earlier, our shared philosophy on pollsters, Mm -hmm. were you surprised to see Notre Dame leapfrog uh, Ohio State?
0: No, not because, I mean, they took out Clemson and I think that's deserved. So Um, why
1: not put them at number one?
0: Because it's Alabama, and it really is about narrative and how much they believe in these various programs. And Notre Dame has so many times before not lived up to the hype. Even though they took out Clemson, you know, they haven't really delivered at the end of the season. And so, yeah, that's probably why they didn't get many first-place votes. And I don't know that's necessarily fair, but I also understand the track record. And and pollsters are going to look at that and go, okay, well, you got to show me something. And honestly, like, as long as you're in the top two, really, as far as the college football playoff goes, that's fine. You know what I mean? That's not – you don't need to be in the number one spot. You would like to be in the number one spot. But as as far as, like, advancing into the the playoff and and getting to the postseason, that's that's a comfortable spot to be in. So um, I'm fine with it. And Alabama has looked better, although their most recent win is against one of the most hapless teams in all of college football. And they've given up some points to some other teams. So they're going to have to prove something, although maybe not for several weeks because what LSU apparently is their next game. (laughs) Who knows what that's going to actually look like if it happens. Then they got UK and then maybe Auburn. Like I don't, you know, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and if you're polling and you're voting on these teams, you're just basically going to go off a reputation and that's fine. That's, that's okay. At this point, I would like to see teams like Cincinnati and BYU get a little bit more of a fair shake in that instance. But I understand the reality is probably not super likely to happen. Yeah. So, but you know, it's, it's going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see how this progresses. I am suddenly, as you said, much more invested in the middle of Ohio state schedule than I thought I was going to be, which is great yeah I you know, and that honestly, you don't you don't root for Ohio State to be in a battle, you know what I mean? You, you want Ohio State to win games, yeah. uh, easily, and all that other stuff. But the truth of the matter is is that it's it's fun to watch exciting games, and sometimes it means you're going to be playing teams that
1: Well, look at it this way what, a little bit. What's the game that I talk about maybe the most? There are a couple games when you talk about like your your experiences at games. You know, I, I talk a lot about the Purdue game where Kenny Guyton brought us back from certain defeat after Braxton Miller – uh, Braxton Miller. Yeah, after Braxton Miller got injured, I started to confuse Braxton and J.T. Barrett, like which one got injured when. Uh, you know, that, that game, I talk about that a lot because it was a really – I mean, it was an incredible experience, you know. We, yep. I in with a minute left and leading them down the field and getting the two-point conversion. It was amazing. You know, so you you don't talk about, oh, I remember that time that, uh, Ohio State beat Miami by 90 points like that's not those aren't the stories you tell it's right. the ones where they were in a dogfight and you know good triumphed over evil or whatever like those are the great stories <laughs> I tell a story about going to the sugar bowl and uh, the the pig suey chant dying in the third quarter as Ohio State you know unloaded on the vaunted right. SEC you know and, and if that that game happened awesome. I was there I don't care what the NCAA says yeah,
0: well, I I, will, I refuse to acknowledge any kind of giving up of wins because of Tadgate. That's, you know, if they had, like, you know, <laughs> broken a federal law or something like that, then okay, fine. We can talk about the, you know, feasibility of whether or not we should really count certain wins. But if it's because you're, you know, selling memorabilia for tattoos, I, I could not give less of a crap and refuse to acknowledge the NCAA's authority on that issue. So, you know. Um, So, as a reminder, the dry goods store is our sponsor for the uh, dubcast. So that's drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Check it out. We're a little bit of a heat wave right now, which I'm not enjoying, um, but it will. No, I hate this crap. 80
1: degrees in central Ohio and the middle of November doesn't do it for you?
0: I absolutely hate it. It should be 45 and cloudy. and Seasonal salt from Johnny Ginter. I hate that garbage. It needs to be cold. It's November that we're done with that. Summer is over. Um Yeah, so it will return. We'll get normal temperatures here relatively soon, hopefully. And then you can buy a nice, you know, maybe get a nice beanie. Get a nice little, you know, hoodie, whatever you want to do. So check that out. Um, Let's do a quick Ask Us Anything. A reminder that you can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. This is a question from St. Louis Wookiee who wants to know, has anything changed since the last time we've had this discussion about potential coaches which is if ryan day wins the natty and rides off into the sunset and coaches the cowboys that would be unfortunate uh who side note who really would want to like coach in that situation i just feel like there it's not there are so many better jobs honestly i know you get to coach and then you know this amazing facility and whatnot and you get all the money in the world but i don't know I, I feel like there's better opportunities um who's your shortlist to take over at ohio state the obligatory Matt Campbell mention: is it fickles time has happily proved himself enough yet promote from within, et cetera. What do you, what do you think, Andy? Is there anybody that you would say, this is a guy that I want, um, you know, for Ohio state.
1: Yeah. I always hear Matt Campbell. I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm on that bandwagon. I don't have any reason yeah. to say no, but i I don't, I'm not sure why we're all just super in love with that idea.
0: He's always like, he's like, he's always feel, he always feels like he's a half a season away from justifying a big name job. And then I always say it never actually gets there. And then the next season happens and it it all starts over again. But yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. The challenge you run into, I think with the next, it, it always feels like Ohio state has had such an incredible run of luck because there's a there's an element of luck to this right yeah uh, you know timing matters and, and circumstances matter it, it just there's always been this sort of element of luck that Ohio State has done really really well mm-hmm. uh, even say what you will about better Earl Bruce and, and what he did or didn't accomplish following a legend like Woody Hayes is no mean feat uh, and and you know John Cooper again relevant on the national stage again, you know, it took and and made Ohio state a household name again, even if (laughs) we weren't winning the games that we really, really, really wanted to win. And then, you know, Urban Meyer falls in your lap. It's, it's incredible. Ryan Day turns out to be, uh, you know, a a, a savant because we've seen other really talented offensive coordinators go and not be that great as Mm -hmm. head coaches. I'm not, Pointing any fingers at uh, people who may or may not reside in the Lone Star State currently. Uh, speaking of football teams in that state, <laughs> so <laughs> I would say I, I don't know about I don't know about Campbell. I'm, that just doesn't make me super excited. Um, you mention of Halfley actually Halfley's a guy I've been super impressed with. Obviously, he was fantastic as an assistant, but you know the early returns out of Boston College are pretty encouraging. Like if that's yeah. a guy that you that you tab as a future candidate. Doing all the right things, uh, doing all the right things so far. In, in you know, we talked about him. His team pushed Clemson. Now maybe this isn't the same Clemson we're used to seeing. Who knows? But uh, that was an impressive showing, and his team's doing well. So I really, really like what what you're seeing out him. I think that would be a, you know, a logical possibility. Who's the other name that was mentioned there? Uh, Halfley Campbell and we got Fick. Oh, Fickle. Yeah. So I, I mean, I love Luke Fickle. I mean, Luke, yeah. Luke Fickle. You know, Luke Fickle to me is is an ideal candidate in a lot of ways, and uh, you know he's he's making it work at a place that has proven to be a good stepping stone to big time jobs. Uh, I mean, you know, Mark Dantonio. Say what you will about the end of his tenure, you know, he did pretty great at Michigan State for a number of years. We're just talking about Brian Kelly. Uh, you know, putting it on the fight in Tygus, uh of, of Clemson. So Kelly's done okay at Notre Dame. I have no reason to doubt that Fickle couldn't do it also. And certainly the, the ties to the university are there. I mean, I think Halfway and Fickle would be a really interesting choice if you're picking a successor between those two. Um, that you know, but again, two defensive guys. Yeah. Where one of the things you really like about – uh, what you've seen with Ryan Day is there was this renaissance of the offense. I mean, Urban Meyer's mm-hmm. offenses were pretty good. And then all of a sudden you watch Ryan Day offense and you're like, holy crap, right. who knew it could get even better.
0: Yeah. And, and part of that's because he's so good with, you know, coaching quarterbacks and, and, you know, scheming out uh, you know, route trees and all that kind of stuff. It's just very intentional and smart. I, I don't know that I need that. I, I really just want consistency. That's, that's the biggest thing. And it's so hard to find that in a college football coach. And as much as I like the idea of the you know, prodigal son returning and, and being super successful and Luke fickle, that would be awesome. I would love to see that with Luke Fickle coming back and having a great um, run at Ohio state. I don't know. There is a jump between what he's done and, and, Ohio state. And part of me maybe can't shake having been really up close and personal, uh, V11 warriors and seeing now I know the Luke fickle of 2011 is not the Luke fickle of 2020. That, that's yeah. not really fair,
1: right. but
0: it's hard for me to shake that because I remember just the absolute look of fear in that dude's eyes <laughs> in 2011. I went to a lot of practices. I went to a lot of pressers. I reported on a couple of games because we, we didn't have a, um, beat writer yet. And so I did a couple of those games, and I'm like, damn, this, is, this dude is in way over his head. Uh, I know that wouldn't be the case now, but it is a little hard to shake that. Half I just don't think has shown quite enough yet. I, I want to see a little more head coaching experience. I, I, we all love him, and we know how cool he is and you know, how genuine of a dude he is and how smart he is. I, I think eventually he's going to be an incredible head coach at somewhere big. I just want to see a little bit more consistency at BC. I really like Mario Cristobal at, uh, at Oregon. I think he's a great coach and, and one of the more underrated coaches in college football. Um, he took a program that really was floundering really like after, you know, they, they got rid of uh, their, you know, their, their head coach or they thought was going to be the heir apparent to Chip Kelly and then it didn't end up working out. And they, didn't look like they had much of a future and he comes in and he just really i think sets a tone um and i think he he would be a good fit at ohio state even culturally too i think people at ohio state would love that dude um just for his attitude and the way he kind of goes about his business so he would be a guy that i would definitely look into um see, you know maybe take over and and do the kind of things that you want to see both defensively and offensively so you know maybe maybe a name to to keep in mind if if Ryan Day decides to just split after this season and win super bowls at new england or something and and i have to say
1: like there they, you know i i just have a hard time unless unless day really hates recruiting that's always the x factor you know you just always wonder sure how do these guys really feel about having to do this dance with prima donna teenagers and their insane parents. Right, um, he's so
0: damn good at it. <laughs>
1: he's so good at it. So like you don't really know. Right, you know, it's not. I mean, guys like uh, say Mike Vrabel is an example. You know, you, you like you don't have to really think too hard to think that Mike Vrabel probably really hated recruiting. Right. Uh, and and is not likely to say you know I'll come back and do. It. But you <laughs> promote with from promote promote from within. That that was mentioned too. You know, the one guy who I think could absolutely. Uh, be a promote from within type candidate at some point would be Brian uh, Hartline you know that's a guy that because recruiting is such a lifeblood of the thing he's proven to be the best uh, position coach in the country to his position and and then also you add to that he's one of the best recruiters in the sport so you know now there's a lot of things that have to happen between being you know top position coach and becoming a head coach right but assuming that it's not at the end of this season (laughs) you know that's a guy i think i'm gonna keep my eye on is okay when 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 is he named uh, a co-coordinator a coordinator a you know what the normal progression is from one one job to the next I i think that's
0: an excellent point um i think brian hartline is definitely somebody to keep an eye on another person to keep an eye on actually and this is maybe in the future future right like after this guy gets a you know mid to low level job and and is really successful and then in four or five years we really need a coach or something marcus freeman okay marcus freeman down in cincinnati like that he is getting a lot a lot of looks at him and, and will continue to do so he has done an incredible job former ohio state player yes um he's going to be i think a really successful coach sometime somewhere down the line so definitely keep an eye on that dude too i think at some point yeah Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good young coaching talent and and coaching talent with Ohio state links. So if you're worried about Ryan day, potentially dipping sometime soon, which I don't really anticipate this year, even maybe next year, but maybe sometime down the road, I think there's a lot of options. So that's, that's good to know. And I don't think Ohio state will end up making the same kind of floundering mistakes that A Michigan
1: (laughs) I mean, Ohio State can get whoever they want like that's you know to me that's the that's the thing that makes this all an exercise I don't spend a lot of time worrying about right and as long as Gene Mm -hmm. Smith's the athletic director he's proven that he can go and get the right guy
0: yeah absolutely you
1: know and and it's not just I mean he's done that more than once you look at his coaching hires they've been pretty fantastic yeah so I'm you know I'm not super worried about about that part of it because i think the brand the resources that you know the ability to recruit all all those things are there i think you know when i think about ryan day leaving to me there's one of two prerequisites one he's either won a national title already i don't see him leaving until he accomplishes that mm-hmm. uh and if you've done it once and you feel like you've got the talent there why not try to do it twice or three times or whatever it happens to be sure. or the flip side of it, it's not winning a national title it's that then something has gone horribly wrong Right. You know, that would be the other reason that if you feel like, Oh, you know, this just isn't sustainable. I got to get out of here before things implode and my, my higher ability goes the wrong way because yeah. the money's good. Like how much more money would Jerry throw at him that Ohio state <laughs> isn't throwing at him. So then the only variable difference is, is the recruiting aspect. To me, that's the decision. It's like, if you don't want to deal with recruiting, you don't want to worry about personnel. That's the, I mean, that's the trade off there though. Right. Right. You've got to deal with, You don't have to deal with recruiting, but you also don't have that much influence over your personnel. You got to, you know, you're going to. I think
0: Ryan Day likes that. I I think he likes creating a team, uh, you know, in in the kind of image that he expects, especially offensively, right? I mean, which he's not
1: going to have in Dallas.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and you look wherever. Well, right. And, and you look at the players that he's recruited and, and how he's constructed the, especially the passing offense. He, this is incredibly intentional. This is not just, okay, we got a bunch of really good guys. He knows exactly what he wants to do and he finds players that can emulate that. Um, but he also is really smart about kind of plugging guys in and, and making things work. So he's just a really smart, adaptable guy. And, and you know, you, you would like to think that you can keep someone around like that or someone like that around for years and years and years, but it, it may not happen. But, like I said, I think the stable, there's a lot of guys waiting that could do a really great job in Columbus. and Hopefully we don't have to worry about that, you know, but it's, it's still something I wouldn't fret about too much. Um, let's get out of here on this. So we've got Maryland coming up on the 14th. They looked pretty decent. They've got a pretty good quarterback, albeit one who is prone to maybe making some bad decisions. Um... I don't know, Ohio State right now is is I think 25 and a half point favorites. what what do you what do you give them on this? Do you think they cover?
1: Yeah I, I mean this this is a tough one to to figure for me on, on the one hand, I look back at the series history and with the exception of that 2018 overtime game, <laughs> um, which was at Maryland, right? Yeah. So I mean that was at Maryland to fire the cannon, uh, this has not been a particularly close series. If you go back you know last year 73 to 14 uh you go three years back 62 14 62 3 49 28 52 24 i mean this has been a good old-fashioned butt whipping every year with the exception of that really weird overtime game in 2018 yeah. so you know my inclination is to say damn the torpedoes um but then you look and say all right respect to maryland they've they've had uh, two pretty good games here they've come out on top Mm-hmm. And uh, scored some points. Th- that said, Penn State we know is not the same as Ohio State. Minnesota is not the same as Ohio State. Minnesota. No, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. Say yeah, they are gonna cover. It's gonna be something in the neighborhood of 52 21. Okay, uh, I, and I think I think it's a, I think it's another comfortable. I think it's another comfortable game. I think Tegavailoa, uh gives the Ohio State secondary some things to think about, mm-hmm. but that front seven that we were talking about earlier being so good gets in his grill more than once, and maybe we see some of those questionable decisions you talked about. And who knows? Right. Maybe we'll see a maybe we'll see a pick six or something funky like that.
0: I think the I think the score will be a little bit lower in part because I'm starting to think that the um, cats out of the bag when it comes to ohio state offensively and and the running game and so teams are really going to start selling out on the on the passing game and that's going to make ohio state you know ryan ryan day is going to look at that and i'm sure he'll take what he gets in the running game but that's going to slow the game down a little bit so i don't know that ohio state's going to get to 50 points i do think that they get maybe 45 something like 42 and then maybe like let's let's say this let's say 45 17 that's probably what i would give Uh, right now on this Um, so you know that's I think that's still covering they're still doing you know doing pretty good job and I also expect that they'll clean up a lot of the uh, you know the incongruities that we saw (laughs) against against Rutgers I think it'll be a much cleaner game and they'll they'll you know perform a little bit better on those things that make us wring our hands a little bit on Mondays afterwards so it'll be fun I'm looking forward to it it it, it is one of those you know it's it's the beginning of the stretch where we're like okay like this is, this is important. Ohio State's got to dominate. Um, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what they're able to do um, against the Terrapins. So um, we will be back after that game to kind of break everything down. But until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time.